go and acquire a business that's doing what you want to do and connect it to what you've already got and use other people's money to do it. You can literally double your business in a day by acquiring another company. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E. You're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best Ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, Best Ever listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we are speaking with Carl Allen. Carl, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for joining us. I'm looking forward to our conversation and talking about how to grow a business. But before we get into that, a little bit about Carl. He is the founder of Dealmaker Wealth Society. He's an entrepreneur and a corporate dealmaker who has worked on over 330 transactions worth $48 billion. That's a billion with a B. He has advised companies such as Bank of America and Hewlett Packard on investments and acquisitions. And his expertise is in buying, growing, and selling businesses. His website is dealmakerwealthsociety.com. 
So Carl, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and then what you're focused on today? Sure. So I've been in the deal-making space now for 28 years and two weeks. <laughs> so I left university in 1992. I went to work on Wall Street for an investment bank. So I was buying and selling businesses for other people. So IBM, GE, Boeing, Microsoft, etc. And then I left, I went to business school, got an MBA, and then I ended up working in corporate mergers and acquisitions. So I was one of the acquisition directors at Hewlett Packard. So I was buying up businesses for them all over the world. And then my life completely changed in 2008. I was in a boardroom in Moscow closing a deal and my wife went into labor four weeks early back in the UK. So I had to get myself back to England, saw my son born, and then I quit. I retired at 37. I lasted about three weeks, decided to become a business broker. And the first deal I got to sell instead of brokering the sale, I ended up acquiring it myself. I borrowed some money to be able to buy that business. And then for the past 12 years, I've been buying and selling small businesses in the United States, UK, and Australia. I own a private equity firm in the US where we're buying and selling and growing businesses. And then my other job is I'm coaching and mentoring 5,500 entrepreneurs and small business owners how to buy businesses using other people's money. So that's what I do. Thanks for sharing. So this is a real estate podcast. And as most people listening know, real estate is considered a business. And rather than buying and selling full businesses, we're buying and selling real estate. Now, I mentioned in your bio that you are an expert in buying and selling, but also in growing businesses. So I think one thing that we can talk about would be some tips you have on growing a business. And you can talk about this in the context of your company, going from buying and selling a few businesses to scaling to buying and selling multiple per year. What are some of the things that you needed to do in order to scale? And then we can figure out how to apply that to real estate investing. There's only three ways you can grow a business. You can grow a business organically. So you go get more customers. You just do more of what you currently do. That's what most people do. You can grow by partnerships. So you can have affiliates and other partners to grow together. Or my method of growth is to grow by acquisition. That's what the big guys do. And there's no reason why a small company, no matter how big or small you are, you can grow your business exponentially and very, very quickly by acquiring another business. So let's say you own a business, it's doing a million dollars of top line revenue, and it's taken you three years to get to that stage from starting that business. You can double that to 2 million in 30 to 60 days by going out and acquiring another business. And there are three types of businesses you can acquire. You can acquire a competitor. So you can acquire somebody down the street that's doing exactly what you're doing. And then you're just doubling down on your market share. You can acquire a business, say, in your supply chain. So let's say, for example, you own a lettings agency in real estate. You could go and buy a cleaning company because obviously every time you sell a property or you rent it out, you need cleaning. Or you can go and buy something that's complementary. So for example, if you owned a software company and you're selling software, you can go and buy an IT services company and then you can sell your software to the services customers and vice versa. And then as you bring those two businesses together, there's a whole bunch of duplicate costs 
that you can take out. So it's like a one plus one equals three on the revenue side and a one plus one equals five on the cash flow side. As I said, all the big public companies, they grow by acquisition and there's absolutely no reason why any business, irrespective of size, can't do the same thing. We mentioned supply chain. So that's one we can focus on for sure because typically how real estate investors will work is they'll start off, they'll be the ones that buy the properties and whatnot, but the other people in the supply chain, say the property management company, as you mentioned, the cleaning people, maintenance, they'll just kind of contract all that out to someone else. Whereas once people get big, they start bringing all those things in-house. So from that perspective, how do you know when's the right time to buy someone in your supply chain as opposed to contracting out and just paying them and using a third party? Is there a formula? Is it a certain amount of time? Is it based off of how much money you have? Is there anything you can say about that? Well, it depends on the industry. So each industry is different. I think anytime that you want to grow, there's no reason stopping you acquiring something from within your supply chain because instantly you're saving on that margin. And then also, depending on what type of business you buy, it's opening you up to growth in other areas. In terms of the financial piece, that's a really big myth. People think that if you want to buy a business worth a million dollars, you have to personally go out and cut a $1 million check. You don't. You can use other people's money to buy a business. You can use the seller's money, i.e. you pay the seller over time for the business. That's called seller financing. If the business is profitable, it's got cash flow, it's got assets on the balance sheet, then there's trillions of dollars of financing that you can tap into to be able to make a closing payment, which is what you pay the seller on the day that you take ownership of the business. So this is what the Wall Street guys do. This is where I grew up back in the 90s doing deals using other people's money. I've just perfected a methodology and a model to apply that into the small business space, which we both know is where the vast majority of businesses are, at least in the United States. When you use other people's money to buy a business, is the financial structure you create with them based off of that particular business and revenue that business is generating, or is it based off of the entire company, right? So let's say I'm a real estate investor And I want to buy, as you mentioned, a cleaning company. And I go out there and I raise money to buy that cleaning company. Will I then pay my returns based off of just that cleaning company? Or do I pay them returns from my entire business combined? Does that make sense? Yeah. So you could do both. So the smart way to do it is to just leverage the resources of the target company and buy it just using itself. But if you were to bolt that company into what you've already got, let's say you were doing an acquisition where there wasn't enough resources in the target company to acquire it and you needed to leverage what you were already doing, then definitely you can do that. There's three ways to finance any deal. You can use seller financing, which is putting all or as much as you can of the purchase price into future payments, and then you're using the cash flows of the business that you've acquired to make those payments. The second is you can raise debt financing through like the SBA, or you can go to a traditional asset-based lender who will lend you money against the real estate or the plant and equipment, or even the receivables or inventory inside of the business. And then the third area you can go for financing is to investors, so angel investors, or you can even do crowdfunding. So this is where you're selling membership units or you're selling equity in either the target business you're buying or your combined group 
to be able to make those acquisitions and scale. And a lot of people kind of balk at that. They think, why would I dilute my ownership just by having an investor come in and help me fund the deal? And it's kind of a short-sighted principle, really, because number one, if you own a million-dollar business making 100 grand of cash flow and you buy another million-dollar business making 100 grand of cash flow, by the time you've integrated it, you might have a business doing 2 million in top-line revenues and half a million in free cash flow because of all the synergies that you can get. So you 5x your value pretty much in 30 to 60 days. So if you have to dilute 10 or 20% of your ownership to 5x your wealth creation, then for me, it's very, very simple math. The other issue that a lot of deal makers don't really grasp is that by bringing investors in to your business, you're having somebody come in that can add a lot of value to your business development, can add a lot of value to the business. You might have a skills gap inside of your organization. For example, you might not have a CFO. You might rely on your CPA to guide you financially when all businesses really need an internal CFO, whether it's full-time or part-time, to really guide you through some of those issues. So bringing in an investor that's got financial chops not only gives you capital to scale and do deals, but also can plug a really key gap in your business. I'm sure the answer to this question depends. So maybe you can give me an answer with a specific example, but how do you find these companies to buy? What does that process look like? Is there like a website I go to? Is there something where it's more proactive on my part where I need to say, okay, well, this is what company I want to buy. And then I kind of research potential companies that might fit that criteria. And then once I find that company, what do I do to figure out the numbers so I can figure out what to offer them? Things like that. So there's two questions in there. I'll answer the first one. So the first part of your question really is all about what we call deal origination. So it's deal flow. And that's similar for real estate. The lifeblood of buying businesses or being a real estate investor is you need high quality deal flow. And in our business, There are really four primary methods of generating deal flow. So the first one where most people start is they go to business brokers. So there's thousands and thousands of business brokers. Bear in mind, there's over 2.4 million small businesses for sale right now today in the United States. And a lot of that's driven by baby boomers. There's 10,000 retiring every single day, according to the Wall Street Journal, and a bunch of them own a small business. So there's thousands and thousands of businesses every day coming to market. So some of those get listed online. So Biz Buy Sell or Transworld or the thousands of other business brokers out there, they specialize sometimes in location, in industry, et cetera. So even if you Google business brokers, you'll get pages and pages of them. So that's where a lot of businesses are for sale. But then also only about 20% of businesses that actually sell, sell through a broker. A lot of businesses sell through networks. So it's in your interest to be a smart deal maker to originate deals off market. Off market deals exist in real estate as well. So you're buying a business that nobody else knows is for sale. And to do that, you've got to build and leverage a network. And what's really interesting is if you own a business, before you decide to list that business for sale, there are people in your network that you will tell. You will tell your wealth manager, you will tell your CPA, you will tell your lawyer, you will tell your banker or your existing financier. You also tell your spouse, but obviously we can't network with those people. So as a deal maker, if you're building networks with those four primary deal intermediaries, so wealth managers, CPAs, lawyers, bankers, and financiers, if you're building those networks and you're pinging those networks for deal flow, 
you're going to get some incredible deals into your funnel before they go anywhere near a business broker. The other method that we utilize is social media. So back in 1992, when I started my deal-making career, we didn't have Facebook, LinkedIn, Google, and all these phenomenal online platforms that we have today. But now they're amazing tools to leverage. I can't tell you the number of businesses I've bought off LinkedIn. It's incredible. And you can use these platforms to network. You can use these platforms to join groups. And you can use these platforms to solicit deal flow, either directly from the people that are on there or through their network that's connected. And then the other method that we utilize is the direct approach. So this is old school. Then There's no reason for you to get a free trial of Info USA, pull a list of 50 to 100 businesses that you like. You can literally go into that platform and let's say you're a web designer and you want to buy a web design company. You can go into a tool like Info USA and say, hey, show me all the web design companies between one and 10 million in revenues within the city of Chicago or within 50 miles of the city of Chicago. And it prints out the whole list and then you can approach them. You can approach those businesses to inquire whether they'd consider a phone call or a meeting with you to entertain you potentially buying the business. So those are all the methods of deal origination. Your second question is a great question was how do you know how to value a business? So it's a question of psychology and numbers. So most businesses tend to sell for a multiple of the free cash flow. So the average in the United States for a small business is about 2.6 times. So if you're making $100,000 a year of free cash flow, then your business is going to be worth around two fifty dollars to $300,000 to a buyer. Now, obviously, the value of the business is one thing. The way you structure the deal is another I would pay $500,000 for that very same business if I could pay for it over 10 years and use the business's cash flow to be able to do that deal. Inside of all of my training and mentoring programs, we have all the templates and models. Just plug in the basic numbers of the business and it does the valuation and all the deal structuring for you. But there's videos on YouTube and there's tons of free resources out there that can do the same. So the financial piece is the actually the easiest part of the process. Even raising the capital is the easiest part of the process. The bit that takes the time is determining what type of business you want to buy and then going out and leveraging those deal flow methods to generate a strong list of high quality opportunities that you can consider. All right, Carl, what is your best ever advice for buying, growing, and selling small businesses? Grow by acquisition. It's quicker it's less expensive, and it's far less risky. It's getting so difficult today to grow a business organically. There's so much competition. It's so much more expensive now to buy media, whether it's online or offline. Go and acquire a business that's doing what you want to do and connect it to what you've already got and use other people's money to do it. You can literally double your business in a day by acquiring another company. All right, Carl, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. 
Bob Malecki and his team at Resolution Capital Management partner with individuals to invest in distressed residential mortgage notes. If you're interested in doing a joint venture with them, where basically you invest alongside with them and sharing a portion of the profits based on how well that individual project goes, then go to rcm.company forward slash JV. That's rcm.company forward slash JV. Okay, Carl, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Wow, that's a great one. I literally finished reading it last night. The book's called That Will Never Work. And it's the story of Netflix, the guys that founded Netflix in the 1990s. Absolutely fantastic book about entrepreneurship, about building a business, and about really having the steel to kind of follow through on your dreams. Awesome book. Highly recommend it. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? I'd go and buy another one. I own tons of businesses. So if they all collapsed, well, that would be mathematically impossible. The world would have to end. But yeah, I'd just go and buy another business. I'm 50 this year. I'll be buying and selling businesses when I'm as old as Warren Buffett. So I'll just keep doing it. (laughs) Tell me about a deal that you lost the most money on. How much did you lose and what lesson did you learn? So that's a really interesting question. So I actually never invest my own money when I buy a business. So I've never personally lost my own capital. I walked away from a million dollars when I left HP. But one interesting deal that I did, I bought this business. It was doing $18 million in revenues, huge business. And we grew it. And then we were offered a very large check to sell. So I would have cleared at least $5 million minimum. And we turned it down, my business partner and I, we decided to keep going. And then about three weeks later, our largest customer pulled the plug on us and we had to sell the business for a dollar because we lost all of our profitability overnight. So I would guess that's the most, it was paper money that I lost, not actual money though. And on the flip side, tell us about your best deal you've ever done. So the best deal I've ever done was I bought a company in Australia about nine years ago that manufactured a shark deterrent technology. So the coolest business you could ever imagine. So the company had designed a patented product that you could strap to a surfboard or on a sailboat or include it in a scuba diving vest. And whenever you went in the water and a great white shark came near you, it couldn't get within 50 feet of you because this device sent out a sonar pulse array into the water. So absolutely phenomenal business. I owned that business for about four years, and then I sold my equity to my two partners that were both working full-time in the business. I wasn't so the coolest I've ever done. It was just an unbelievably awesome company. What is the best ever way you like to give back? So what's really interesting is, for me, it's sharing my experience and my methodology of doing deals. Because I've been at this for such a long time now, almost 30 years, and while my own cooking and I'm doing my own deals inside of my private equity fund. I love coaching and mentoring people, and I love seeing how they change their lives. And there's no kind of prescription for who's the best type of person to buy a business. I've coached multimillionaires to do deals. I've coached people that literally had to sell their furniture to invest in one of my training programs. But it's such a pleasure for me to coach people on what I do and see them get the benefits of business ownership and cash flow. It's amazing. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? So what's really interesting is 
I've actually put together some free training. So for people that maybe they want to hedge out of real estate investing, or they're just curious about buying businesses and generating cash flow and wealth down that route, I've put together some free training. So if people go to trainwithcarl.com forward slash best advice, so that's trainwithcarl.com forward slash best advice, there's a bunch of free training and resources on there for people to really kind of dip their toe in the water and determine whether this is a wealth creation strategy that they're interested in. Yeah, I definitely think that buying, you mentioned the other companies in your supply chain. So I I think the best example of how this would apply to real estate would be rather than starting your own property management company from scratch, just buying one instead. I think that's the biggest takeaway that I necessarily hadn't thought of before from this conversation. I really enjoyed this conversation. Very refreshing. I haven't talked to anyone on the podcast about this before. And I also really like the way you think, because whenever I ask you a question, you're like, well, there's three things or here's two things. So you made it very easy to follow along. So just to kind of quickly summarize what we talked about. So you mentioned that there's three ways to grow a business. There's doing it organically, right? Just kind of continuing to do what you're doing. You can do it partnership, right? So two companies partner up, they grow together. And then there's through acquisition, which you said is the best way to grow, especially now with how expensive and how competitive it is to grow a business from scratch. And then you mentioned there's three types of companies you can acquire. One would be you, you buying a competitor, two, you buying something in your supply chain, and then three, buying a complementary business. You mentioned that it's kind of a myth that you need to use your own money to buy someone in your supply chain or a competitor. So you don't need to wait until you have that amount of money to buy them. You can do it through, you mentioned three ways, seller financing, debt financing, and then using other people's money. And then we also went through the four different ways to get deal flow. So you can work through business brokers, networking, and specific, you said, work with wealth managers, CPAs, lawyers, and the financing side, because when someone's ready to sell their business, those are the first people they're going to tell. So if you are tapped into those networks and those people know what types of businesses you're looking for, then they might come to you with this opportunity before it gets listed with a business broker. The third way was social media. If you said like LinkedIn's really good, you join groups, you can network with people, and then you can also actively solicit for deals. And then the direct approach, which was the old school way, which is go to a small business listing site, print out a list, and then approach those businesses directly, try to get in front of them. And then you mentioned how do you value a business and that the average would be 2.6 times the free cash flow. But yep. you know, you'd be willing to pay more for a business based off of the financing. So people listening, they understand you can pay a little bit more for a piece of real estate based off of the way that it's financed. At the end of the day, it's really about the cash flow. And then as I've already mentioned, your best ever advice was to grow by acquisitions as opposed to growing organically. And then at the end, you gave us a link to your free training. And also, thank you for sharing all this great advice. Best of listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.